0: The NI Golf Podcast with Paul Kelly and Morris J. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening to the NI Golf Podcast
1: episode... 48. And on the podcast this week, Mr Kelly... We have the usual amateur and pro news, including reaction to Sunday's BMW PGA win for Francesco Malnari.
0: And also you've been speaking to Ireland's latest Curtis Cup representative, Paula Grant...
1: That's right. And Morris caught up with Rory Foundation's Barry Funston for a quick chat this week.
0: And we also hear from Graham McDowell and Padraig Harrington about their inclusion on Thomas Bjorn's Ryder Cup backroom team. So, Mr. Kelly, let's get right up to date with the BMW, which was won in fine style by Francesco Molinari. The Italian played flawless golf on the weekend. He didn't drop a single shot in the final 36 holes. In fact, he only had two bogeys all week. Not bad shooting. And here's what he had to say.
2: Yeah, it's it's amazing to finally become a Rolex Series event winner. Uh, I think that they've been a great addition to the European Tour, and uh, obviously it's it's the best possible start to to win the first one of, of the season. So uh, really pleased. Uh, it's been a fantastic week. I've played really well, uh, and uh, it's memories I'll, I'll cherish for for a long, long time. Does the win feel a little bit more special with the quality of some of the players
0: that were behind you alex nora and rory McElroy, you've managed to hold those off and win by a, a nice margin
2: yeah definitely uh, i knew it wasn't going to be easy there was rory alex brendan grace a lot of other good players that as, as alex showed last year you know you, you can go low here if you if you're on on your day so uh it was never going to be easy but uh i i played well uh, i stayed in the in the moment and uh, I managed to keep control of, of, of the emotions, and uh, it's amazing to come out on top. Just finally, not too much time to enjoy this
0: because you've got a big event in your home country in Italy next week, which will be another Rolex Series event uh, and another fantastic field f- f- for us at Lake Garda.
2: Yeah, obviously back-to-back Rolex Series events, so uh, it's going to be special next week in my home country. Uh, we see, I need to get some energies back after today it's been a draining couple of days so i'll I'll rest two days and then hopefully be ready for thursday
1: Rory McIlroy had leapt out to the lead after two rounds but couldn't keep it going at the weekend and was very frustrated to finish second two shots back here's what Rory said afterwards
3: yeah i just disappointed i didn't play better over the weekend you know I, i i was in a great position after after two days and Struggled yesterday and, and sort of struggled today again as well. Just couldn't get it going. Um, you know I let Francesco get a few you know a few shots ahead on me and you know I just I couldn't claw that back. So I uh, played some good golf coming down the back nine, hit some better shots, but um, you know need to work on a few things going forward.
0: So you need to work on some things. What specifically will you focus on going forward?
3: Just the same things. I mean it's tough. You know I was saying you know the two shot or a couple of shots that got me yesterday I missed to the right. And then today the shots that cost me were missed to the left so i've got you know when you've got the two sides of the golf course in play it's sort of it's a little difficult if you could just take one side out of the, out of play then at least you know what your miss is and you can sort of play against that but um you know when you're missing shots left and right it becomes a little more difficult so just a few more a few more hours on the range and try to get ready for next week finally two months ago we watched you absolutely take apart bay hill in a final round
0: 64. how close or far away is that kind of golf feel right now
3: it's close it is it's very close i mean i've given myself a great chance here this week i didn't quite pull it off but it's not far away um, you know i'm i get a bit down on myself because i you know my expectations are, are high and um, you know with a 36 hole lead I, I should have closed it out this this week but that's not taking anything away with from francesco he played a, a great weekend and bogey free around here is is some plan so um you know he, he deserved the win. You know, I just need to do a little bit more work and, you know, looking forward to getting right back at it at Memorial
1: this week.
0: So what did you think of, uh, of first of all, Rory and, uh, and Francesco? Obviously, you know, pretty flawless, but uh, you can tell how disappointed Rory was.
1: It's a long time since I've seen him as frustrated as that. He obviously thought he really was in to win that one. And after his first two rounds, you couldn't have argued with that because he was pretty flawless himself on the Friday
0: yeah absolutely and then he said himself there in the presser that when you're starting to miss it left and right you know you need to to put a bit of work in but you know from what he was saying and from what the the rest of the guys were saying on on Sky uh, it's kind of a timing thing he's just not quite timing it spot on
1: yeah, it, it was interesting because he obviously was very comfortable in those first two days. So something somewhere went out of whack um, and he obviously couldn't fix it, which is obviously the key thing. Michael Bannon obviously wasn't with him this weekend, so he couldn't he couldn't get it sorted down himself, which is unusual because yeah. a lot of these guys tend to know how to deal with a wee issue in the middle of a round.
0: Yeah, but, as, but if he knew that it was going left, going right, and therefore it was a timing issue, you know what? Um, I'm just wondering what Michael Bannon would say to him that would fix a timing issue because there's nothing... Re- can, is there anything he can really say to fix that other than, you know, he knows his game. He knows how to time a swing. It's just interesting that uh,
1: what Michael might say to fix that. It's an interesting one. I know... I don't know, obviously, at that level they're playing it. Their, their speed that they're turning is so quick. But, for example, if, if I was out of whack with my timing, <laughs> which is quite often... Um, I do the old one. You know where you stand with your feet together and just sort of hit shots trying to get uh-huh. your body all turning together. So maybe they go back to basics uh-huh. like that.
0: Yeah, it was also a pretty good week for G-Mac, who played some tidy golf on his way to a tie for 12th, with Shane Laurie back in a tie for 15th. The big news from Graham's point of view, of course, was his selection of one of Thomas Bjorn's backroom team for the Ryder Cup.
4: You know, obviously a huge honour to, to be asked to, to be one of the vice captains uh, for the Ryder Cup, a, a tournament I'm very passionate about and, and cherish my many memories. I mean, Thomas is a is a great f- friend, huge amount of respect for what he's achieved in the game and uh, to be part of his staff to really help him you know, mount a, a victorious campaign in Paris is is a special thing and I'm finding it exciting and, and very inspiring as a player as well. So, uh, you know, I feel like I can bring a lot to the team. Because of those experiences, you know, having been a rookie, having played in the last match, um, you know, uh, vice captains are guys that, you know, help help players with confidence and belief in themselves, put an arm around the rookies and, and really get them ready for the week. Uh, they're, you know, when you're an experienced guy, they help you communicate with a captain and make sure that your thoughts and feelings and, and wishes are, are really communicated well. So I think I can bring a lot to the table and I'm really excited to do so. I look at the lineup of, of vice captains, I feel very honored to be part of that lineup when you look. At, you know, world number ones, um, three-time major champion in Parik Harrington. You know, European number one in Robert Carlson. And um, you know, it's, it's it's an honour to be sitting up there with those guys. And and I think you know, it's a formidable backroom staff. And I think uh, to add to to what's going to be a formidable team as well. Uh, you know, Team Europe in Paris. And, and I think you know, I really believe that you know we can we can make a, a successful run at getting the Ryder Cup back. And, and looking forward to being
1: part of it, obviously. And given that Graham has two wins at the Ryder Cup course, Le Golf National, it's a pretty sensible decision by Bjorn to get JMac on board. It does, however reflect the fact that Graham is looking less and less likely to make the team as a playing member. He did point out that he still wanted to play and was determined to make the team, but he's now ranked hundred ninety fifth in the world and hundred eighteenth in the race to Dubai, so it seems some way off for Graham at this stage.
0: Absolutely. and you know it must be one of the hardest things to have to face as a as a pro golfer whenever you kind of start slipping down the rankings and you're you know arguably not that competitive anymore and most courses aren't you know aren't suiting you okay you start to lose a bit of distance it just it must be so difficult and so frustrating and that's just
1: the way it is it's interesting obviously there was somebody who was giving graham a wee, a wee touch on on twitter on about him, you know, you're slipping now. Your VC vice captain's the best you can do now, and this sort of thing. And he answered him with one word. All it said was Sergio. <laughs> well, he has a point, you know.
0: I, I, I see Graham doing that, you know, from time to time. He does tend to bite back, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of reading those things and going, Graham, you know, just just ignore these. Twats, you know, just just you know don't don't bite back, you know. It's I hate saying that.
1: Well, uh, fair play to some retort. I love it when they come back well, but no, no.
0: Alongside GMAC, Bjorn named Luke Donald, Lee Westwood and Patrick Harrington as his four vice captains, and here's what Podrick had to say.
4: It's nothing like it. In, in sport, I, I would suggest, uh, you know, I'd love to be, be a player, but being a vice-captain is the next best thing. Uh, it's amazing how uh, how much goes on during a Ryder Cup week, so hopefully uh, myself and the other four vice-captains out there to support Thomas. Uh, he seems to be going about things the right way at this stage but as we know during the tournament itself there's a lot of decisions to be made and we're there to to help them with those decisions What six Ryder Cups now and then two as vice captain so yeah there's there's I've seen some good and bad things over the years uh, yeah I, I hope to bring a bit of my knowledge to to the vice captaincy and uh, yeah I hope to do some good for sure. You know, it's very much that we make them feel comfortable in themselves. They are the, they are the current stars of the European Tour. Uh, they are the future of the European Tour. And it's, it's our job to make them play like that the week of the Ryder Cup.
1: Now, This week the European Tour has moved on to Italy for the Italian Open, which is another one of the Rolex Series events. Parag Harrington, Paul Dunne and Graham McDowell are in the field, where Turrell Hatton defends his title.
0: On the PGA Tour, Justin Rose claimed his ninth PGA Tour win at the Fort Worth Invitational, finishing three shots ahead of Brooks Kepka. That was a fantastic show from Justin, I have to say. Uh, this week, it's the Memorial on the PGA Tour, and Jason Duffner defends Rory and Shane are playing. Uh, Rory's heading out straight out there after the uh, the PGA. And by the way, just a quick word on Seamus Par. Uh, he's currently 128th in the FedEx Cup, and he's had two top 10 finishes this year so far, so good news for
1: Seamus. Yeah, he he's earned somewhere in the region of four hundred odd thousand this year. So we're probably nearly halfway through their season now. So he's hundred and twenty eighth. He still he still probably needs you know a top five or something. He still
0: needs another two hundred and fifty thousand or <laughs> to there. It's around. just <laughs>
1: mental, like it's absolutely mental. Anyway, over on the Challenge Tour, seventeen year old Min Q Kim etched his name into record books as the youngest winner in the European Tour and European Challenge Tour history by collecting the DD Real Czech Challenge. Gary Hurley was best of the Irish in a tie for 35th while Jack Hume finished 55th and Johnny Caldwell made his first cut of the season finishing in a tie for 62nd. This week the Challenge Tours in Switzerland, Jack Hume, Stuart Graham, Rory McGee, Cormac and Michael Hoy and Gary Hurley are all in action.
0: You're going to have to think that it's going to be a lot of youngsters coming through in the game uh, over the next lot of years and probably a lot of youngsters from Asia as well. I mean, you know, at 17, Rory was shooting the lights out at Portrush, Silver Medal, all that kind of stuff. It's surprising that there's not more very, very young
1: kids on the tour. Just, I guess you're right. They're, they're coming out of Asia. They're being house like nobody's business. And eventually you're going to have these kids coming through from South Korea, from China, who have been at it from no age playing really competitive golf. Let's be honest. We've kids here playing in these junior tours now where they're playing competitive golf from their six or seven years old. So that seems to be the future. They're all playing a lot of competitive golf when we would never have thought of playing competition at six or seven. Absolutely.
0: And speaking of which, good news for uh, Tom McKibben recently as well, getting his first start on the
1: European Tour. Yeah, yeah, we'll mention that later on. Yeah, Tom's now going to get a wee start on the European Tour at Switzerland in the Shot Clock event. You know, you have 40 seconds to play. I don't think Tom has to worry about that. Tom's pretty quick.
0: Yep. In seniors golf, Paul Broadhurst became a two-time senior major champion winner after dominating the final day of the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship, winning by four strokes. The stayshire Tour has moved on to Denmark this week for the Shipco Masters. Ronan Rafferty, Brendan McGovern, Paul McGinley, Des Smith and Philip Walton are all playing. Good to see them all playing this week. And Laura Davis is also competing in Denmark. She'll be the first female golfer to compete in a seniors event.
1: And John Ross Galbraith, Colin Fairweather, Chris Selfridge and Niall Kearney are amongst some of the Irish players in action on the EuroPro Tour this week at Harleyford Golf Club. If you remember the first event of the season, the Motocad, Motocaddy Masters, <coughs> I think Stuart Graham finished second
0: he did Uh, and on the Ladies European Tour the Jabra Ladies Open is on at the Evian Resort on the LPGA Minji Lee dodged her fourth title capturing the LPGA Volvic Championship by one shot and Stephanie Meadow is in fifth place on the Volvic race for the card rankings following her tied eighth place finish in the latest Symmetra Tour event which was the Valley Forge Invitational and finally news today about our VP of Programming Olivia Mahaffey she will play in this week's US Women's Open at show old creek olivia missed out by a single shot in qualifying but got an invite on sunday evening which is fantastic news because i know she was disappointed uh, just missing the qualification by one shot
1: She was indeed, Morris, and whenever she texted or tweeted out this morning about it, I was straight on the phone to her wishing her congratulations and good luck and all that, and she was actually on the plane flying to Alabama to get her practice rounds in, no messing around, call up, gone. Anyway, La Hinge Golf Club in County Clare was recently named as a 2019 venue for Dubai Duty Free Irish Open, and Paul McGinley. Rider Cup Camp in 2014. He'll take on the hosting duties next year, and he was instrumental in taking the venue to the southwest of Ireland. Here's what he had to say.
5: Delighted today to be announcing Dubai Duty Free Irish Open will be held in the Hinch uh, 2019. It's a big year for Ireland 2019 with the Open Championship coming to Rollport Rush two weeks after. Um, so I think it's going to be a wonderful event. Great preparation for the players, uh, great for the Irish people, particularly down the southwest of Ireland, uh, to enjoy top-level golf. And then two weeks later we're going to be hosting you know, the biggest golf tournament in the world. You mentioned the golf course, Paul, obviously. You have an affinity there, you've won there as an amateur. What's special about the course and what will the pros expect to find when they get there? Well, some people have described it as the St Andrews of Ireland. Um, It's got uh, two holes in particular, the Klondike and the Dell, numbers uh, 4 and 5, where um, they're blind shots, uh, totally blind, part 3 that's totally blind, you hit over a hill. Uh, I think that's going to create a lot of uh, talk and a lot of interest during the week. And then you've got to mix it in with some of the best holes you'll ever see in links Lynx golf course uh, for the rest of the course. It uh, it's, uh, it's truly is a Lynx golf course, right on the sea. You can see the ocean nearly from every single hole you play on. And uh, I think it's going to be a real good test for anybody who wants to play Lynx golf. What will the players and the visitors get from the people of County Clare? I think first and foremost, Lahinch is a is a very well known town in Ireland. Um, some great bars, some great pubs that were well known for in Ireland. There'll be music going on. Uh, it's a very social town. Um, as I say, it's within striking distance of three of our biggest cities in Ireland. Um, and I think you're going to have a, a huge a huge interest down there. You know, you got Munster rugby, which is a big deal. You got obviously Gaelic games, and to bring a golf tournament down there, it's been a while since we were down in the southwest of Ireland. Uh, it's an iconic part of Ireland. Most people who come to visit Ireland and play golf, particularly Americans, all head for the south. West, uh, so everybody's very familiar with Hinge um, and I think it's going to be uh, great to be able to showcase this on the on the on the world stage. And some of the views and some of the TV images that are going to go out around the world are going to be spectacular. Finally, obviously, 19 is the first year of a different hosting model with you taking the lead. Just give us what your thoughts on that role and what you expect to do in the, as the role of the host. Well, first of all, it's a great honour to be able to do it. Um, following Rory, who's had great success. Uh, over the last four or five years really put the Irish Open uh, back on the on the world stage, you know, you've got Buy Duty Free now, who've obviously uh, uh, come in now and very much supported the Irish Open, and I know they're very keen on going down to Lahinch as well. So I think uh, the hosting rotation starts with me after Rory, um, and uh, I don't know, we'll see where we go with it, but I'm looking forward to the uh, the opportunity of, of being the host, uh, making sure first and foremost the players have a wonderful time, uh, really enjoy the golf course, the golf course is set up and, and prepared in a in a very strong way, and, and will be a good uh, pointer as well for those who want to prepare for the Open Championship which is on the Lynx golf course two weeks later um, and then of course Dubai Duty Free the sponsors the European tour um, and the crowds and the people of Ireland to make sure that they come and enjoy it and it's a carnival kind of atmosphere and um, the Irish Opens when I was a boy I remember going back to Port Marnock and Royal Dublin it was very much a carnival kind of atmosphere it was the place to be everybody wanted to go there um, and there was a lot of ancillary stuff went on as well as the golf and that's what we're trying to create with the Irish Open so it can stand on its own two feet um, and be known as one of the greatest tournaments in the world
0: Uh, he's really into it like he he is he's going to be so intrinsically involved in every aspect of this event from from the camera angles he was talking about you know giving some advice to the broadcasters (laughs) about camera angles about all kinds of stuff he's going to be like so hands on
1: well if he goes into it anywhere, like he went into the Ryder Cup he's going to He's going to have the Empire's heads light because he was so detail-orientated for the Ryder Cup. And if he takes that attitude in now to to his role, which he's likely to do because he does like things done to his specific instructions, he's just going to be all over it. It'll Mm -hmm. be brilliant.
0: So tell us this, have you been enjoying the weather over this last sort of week or two? It's been pretty incredible. Have you played much golf yourself?
1: Yes, the golf has been um, playing playing a bit at the weekends. Now and I have to say on Sunday there I was playing a wee bit of interclub stuff for County Armagh Golf Club. Yes, we were playing in the All Ireland four ball against Knock Golf Club. First leg, second leg's away coming up now this Sunday and it finished two and a half to two and a half.
0: Oh, well, let's see. you know, see how it goes in at Knock, but uh, good luck for that, Squire. Good luck. Uh, well, I'm currently. Um, I'm just off the course. Uh, I'm sitting in the wee room here. It's as absolutely roasting. The sun is baiting through the windows. I'm sitting here with Betty Swallocks and she's not that happy. Uh, but I have to say, um, thank you to Ballylefin Golf Club. Um, just as we do our little piece of Ballyliffin because I'm sitting on uh, a tile which is stamped in blazing red with property of Ballyliffin Golf Club which must have inadvertently got into my golf bag the day we played up at the uh, Irish Open Media Day. Do you remember we were do you remember it was pissing out of the heavens right. well I, I grabbed one of the tiles out of the change rooms to dry the clubs and I must have stuck it in the bag and forgot all about it so Mr Farad I will return it when we come up for the Irish Open fear not you'll get your tile back but I'm actually sitting on it now because I have got one of those wee sticky chairs and it's, it's not, not pleasant so I'm sitting on the tile. it's perfect absolutely perfect anyway uh, this year's Irish Open at Ballylift is just over a month away now and Rory McIlroy and the Rory Foundation will again be raising funds for charities in the area I caught up with Barry Fonson Chief Executive of the Rory Foundation at an event down at Hollywood Golf Club last week for a quick chat about the Foundation and some plans going forward we're standing here beside the first tee at Hollywood Golf Club this very sunny Saturday afternoon in May. Uh, a bit different from the last time we spoke, Barry, on Wednesday afternoon at a very 50 miles per hour gale force wind Ballyliffin. So we meet again.
6: Yes, indeed. It's certainly something else now, Morris, This is this is ideal conditions. Um, Ballyliffin was something special for all the wrong reasons, I think, with the weather. So tell us what's happening here at Hollywood today for the Roy Foundation. Yeah, well, basically the Roy Foundation, as you know, uh, help a charity called Sport Changes Life, and we we Bring American graduate students to Ireland, and two of the students this year are golf graduates, and they've been up at Hollywood uh, mentoring kids. So today we're having a, a family uh, golf day where the the kids that have been on the programs are going to come and show their skills to their their parents. So it should be it should be a good fun day out. And what all have you got lined up then apart from the golf today? Well, there's there's golf, and then there's a, there's going to be an auction all day. We've got some memorabilia, Rory signed a few bits and pieces to, to auction off, and I think there's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a disco later. So there should be there should be a lot of fun here today. And this is a fundraising exercise today. Yeah, basically, yeah. With the, the, what what we like to do with the with the students that come over from America is get them fundraise to give back to the charity that they've been helping. So they're coming to the end of their program, so they they wanted to invest their time and energy to fundraise as much as they can to give back to this program to ensure we can keep running it. So it's all it's all positive. And in terms of the students, what was what did their program involve? Well, basically, they, they arrive from all over America, Morris. Um, they're put into various universities throughout Ireland. The the golf graduates here at the University of Ulster. They finish their master's degree themselves and whilst here they engage in community outreach programs and mentoring kids through sports. So they've been running a program every Sunday up here where we've had 50, 60 kids and they've been teaching them golf skills. So it's been a, it's been a real positive uh, program for both the kids and the, and the, the graduate students.
0: Well, best of luck for today, Barry. If you fancy swinging a club, I can lend you a small child if you want. Oh, you're very kind, <laughs> Morris. Uh, I might just take you up on that. Cheers, Barry.
1: Right, Mr. Kelly, on with the amateur news, please. Tremors, Robin Dawson went wire to wire to win the Flowgas Irish Amateur Open Championship at Royal County Down, and that takes some going. The Irish International began the final day with a six-shot lead. He survived a mid-round blip to win by four, and when he was over, he spoke to the GUI's Alan Kelly.
6: Speechless, really, don't know what to say. Just mixed emotions. You know, I've finally finally relaxed after four days. Um it's been a few sleepless nights the last couple of nights and just just, just relieved I'd say really is the worst yeah I just try to stay in the present as much as I can just go through my routine 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 and that was basically it and then I was, I was going re- I was very comfortable through 15, 15 or 14 just got out ahead of it and that resulted in, in a wayward shot to the right but the last four holes, like even if you have a 10 shot lead there you're still not um, I'm still not over the line because it's just, just such a brutal finish back into that strong left right wind, you know I can't. I, I, I know I shouldn't have but I kind of got into a bit of a kind of a match play against the lads I was kind of watching too, too much of what they were doing so I kind of got sucked into that when I had so much of a lead with a couple of old school but it was nice to, I enjoyed that walk up the 18th
0: And as we mentioned earlier on, Hollywood teenager Tom McKibben has been selected to compete at this year's Junior Open. Founded in 1994, the Junior Open is staged every two years. This year's Junior Open takes place on the Eden Course at St Andrews from the 16th to the 18th of July. Tom will also make his European Tour debut after accepting an invitation to compete in the innovative new Shot Clock Masters Tournament at Diamond Country Club in Alzenbrug,
1: near Vienna on the 7th of June. Well said, there, Olsenbrook, Well said, England's Trevor Foster won the Irish Seniors Amateur Open at Conquer Wood. After three rounds, Foster finished on at Fort Morris, level par. That's how tough things level were par. at Conquer Wood. <laughs>
0: The AIG Cups and Shields uh, All-Ireland Finals will now take place from the 4th of October to Sunday the 7th of October at Thurlis. Uh, the Irish mixed foursomes at Milltown Golf Club will now proceed on Tuesday the 2nd and Wednesday the 3rd of October.
1: And the GUI have named their squad to compete in the amateur championship at Royal Aberdeen and Merker Lynx. That's the 18th to the 23rd of June. Robin Dawson, Alex Gleeson, Rowan Lester, Caelan Rafferty, James Sugru and Jonathan Yates are the GUIs representing but seven more players from Ireland are competing this week That that event. That's Robert Brazil, Colin Campbell, Tina McLarnon, Ronan Malarney, Peter O'Keefe, Mark Power, and Connor Purcell. In total, the field is 288 strong. Well, uh, Royal
0: Port Rush <coughs> excuse me, defeated Royal County Down Ladies in the final of the Ulster Senior Cup at Shandon Park. They'll be joined by the other district winners, Ross Common, Elm Park, the Heath, and Killarney, in the All Ireland Senior Cup finals, which take place at Knock on August 24th and 25th. The Island, Lahinch, and Royal County Down Ladies have also made it through to the finals at District Cup runners up.
1: And the East of Ireland Amateur Open Championship gets underway at County Louth G.C. on Saturday. (coughs) Hilton Temple Patrick's Rhys Black will defend the title he won last year when he fired a sensational six under par 66 to win by three.
0: And finally, Lisburn's Paula Grant took a break from practice to sit down for a yarn with our Paul uh, before she jets out to the USA this week to prepare for the Curtis Cup, which is a Quaker Ridge Golf Club in New York, uh, starting on the 8th of June. And here's what Paula had to say to
1: Paul. So we're delighted to say I'm at a stunning Lisburn Golf Club, The Sun Is Shining, and I've just taken Paula Grant off the putting green where she's been hard at work, ahead of her trip to the Curtis Cup. So Paula, you heard, just like of us with a wee phone call. What was that like?
7: Oh yeah, it was... Um it was really exciting. I found out just like everyone else when the team was put up on the website. So um, it was a bit of a nervy morning, but it was nice to, to see my name on, on that team.
1: <laughs> so it's a bit like sitting waiting for your exam results?
7: Yeah, I suppose it was, yeah. I just I tried to just, like, forget about it. I went to the gym and I put my phone away and just um, sort of tried to distract myself until it was about 5 past 12 and I knew the, the team would have been out. So I just then went over and looked at the phone and I knew if there wasn't any kind of well-done messages or anything that I, I hadn't made it. But when I saw I've had a few messages... I knew it was. Knew it was good news. <laughs> um,
1: I'll, I'll tell me a wee bit about the process since uh, then.
7: Well, I still had um, the, uh, the Welsh stroke play and the Irish stroke play to play in, so I tried not to really think about the Curtis Cup too much because, you know, I still had two big events that I wanted to do well. And so it's really only been through sort of the past week that I've kind of started to sort of put some plans into place for the Curtis Cup. Then, and the captain just sort of told us what the golf course was like, you know, what what things she thought we would would maybe need to work on leading up to it. So I've kind of been thinking about those and putting some effort into those and I saw uh, my coach Stephen Hamill last week just to just to fine tune a few things. I didn't we didn't want to go too crazy. There's no point, you know, doing any major swing changes now. The hard work's done at this stage so we just kinda did a few tweaks there and I'll just do um, a good bit of sort of short game and putting and maybe some scoring stuff this week just leading up to up to the week next week.
1: Um overall sort of you know the, the twenty eighteen season um how how have you rated your season up to now? Um I
7: think it's been pretty steady I haven't really I haven't really finished outside the top sort of 10 top 15 in any of my events which is good um, I haven't had a big win yet which is you know the next thing on the list but I feel like you know I've done a good bit of hard work over the winter so I've kind of come out and had you know a pretty steady season I'm happy enough with how it's going but obviously still a few things I need to, to kind of work on and, and get a few you know a few of the stats down so that'll be the next sort of target
1: Um, Looking ahead to um, the Curtis Cup, um, how high up in terms of your career, was was it always something that you aspired to or was it something that you only really seriously started considering over the last few years?
7: I was sort of on the periphery of getting on the team maybe four years ago which maybe which put it in my head that, you know, that might be something I would love to get on. But it was really sort of a year and a half ago when I stopped, you know, working full time that I thought, you know, I'm I'm gonna put golf, you know, ahead of work at this stage and just put more time and effort into it and um if I can, you know, get good enough to, to be on the Curtis Cup. So that was definitely one of the major goals when I when I, you know, started to do the part time stuff and, and then play more golf which is which is nice to you know make that decision and then actually get get on the team which is good.
1: Um In terms of the part-time work you were talking about you're a, you're a qualified optometrist. Can we say that
7: right? Yes optometrist yeah.
1: Uh, how do you mix work with study?
7: Um, it's actually really really it's worked out really well and um, so with my job you can do a locum which is just locum work so it's really really flexible I just have you know have contacts in a few different stores opticians and they they can contact me when they need cover you know if it's last minute or if you know someone's away on holiday or something like that they just text me a few dates and i can then you know look at my golf schedule and then compare it and see you know when i'll be free when i'll be home and then just balance it that way so it's actually you know the perfect job for me at the minute so it's, it's going quite nicely
1: and sort of long term i know it's a bit strange to sort of ask about your career when you're only going to the curtis cup but but do you see yourself working full-time or do you see yourself uh, turning professional?
7: I really have no idea at this stage. I think I'd, I'm just happy that I've got options. Like, I'm, that's sort of what I always thought I was gonna do when you know I went to university and then I knew I was gonna, you know, maybe not work full time and, you know, put some effort into the golf after I got my qualifications. So I think I'm just gonna play it by ear and, you know, take this season, see how that goes, and just then make a decision. So somewhere down the line, I'm just gonna take all my tournaments this, at this stage as they come and then just sort of think about it and I don't, maybe just sort of see how it goes, really.
1: Was golf the only sport you played growing up or did you play many more sports?
7: Uh, no, I was actually really, really sporty. I loved my sport. So, you know, I played all kinds of stuff, like I played netball, Gaelic, mogi football, and then netball and golf sort of took the forefront then in secondary school. And then uh, when I left school, then kind of that was when the golf started to, to really, you know, blossom and I thought, you know, I need to put all, I need to kind of, take a step back from the netball because I maybe staved a finger or, you know, went over my ankle or something so that was when that decision made to stop playing netball. But no, I loved sport and I think it's I still do and I probably will, will go back to playing netball, you know, in a couple of years' time. So I think, you know, sport's absolutely great for, for growing up and I'm so glad that I was able to play all kinds of sports and then I had the decision, I had the options to, of which to, you know, which to go what like what route to go down and I just loved golf so that was kind of the one that, you know took my, took my fancy. Mm. Uh,
1: the Curtis Cup obviously is the main thing on your horizon for now but for the rest of summer what, what's the, the, the polygram plan
7: uh, I have a few big big tournaments this summer so I'm going to then come home from Curtis Cup and I've got British Am and then European Team Championships European Individual which is in Slovakia and then um, from the Curtis Cup you get an invite to the US Am so I might head over to Tennessee for that at the start of August and then but I haven't fully you know decided on that one and then there's the World Amateur is in Ireland at the end of August so hopefully, you know, all being well, I'll try and get on that team and then it'll be amazing to play that um, tournament at home in Ireland so we'll, we'll see how that goes
1: So very, very busy and you'll be obviously catching up with our our VP of Programming, Olivia Mahaffey can you see the two of you playing together in the Curtis Cup, playing together on, on the Irish team going forward?
7: Oh yeah, well I wouldn't, you know, rule it out, I'm not sure how the captain's going to go with, you know, pairings and stuff I'm sure we'll try a few different combinations when we get out there but we have played for some together before and you know we get on really well I've known Olivia for, for so long now so um, yeah we'll, we'll see um, I think we'd make a good pairing but there's a lot of other people on the team that you know both of us would get on well with so I think we'll just see see what happens when we get over there and, and see what that's like.
1: Well talking about uh, pairing you're considered one of the more experienced people on this Curtis Cup team we were laughing about it earlier you're only 24 mm-hmm. uh, but in terms of sort of those big match experience some of the girls who are younger than you are, are ahead of yourself ahead of you in that terms um what can you bring to the team room do you think
7: um i don't know i think i'm pretty level-headed i'm quite calm like a cool customer i don't really get too kind of like flustered or anything like that i tend to just you know keep everything nice and low-key and i think I think that'll be a good kind of influence on everyone Um, and I think I'm just just more experienced I've got more life experience so I think I've played on a lot of team golf before so I think even just in the team room like in terms of like atmosphere say you know we have a really good session it's like I think I'll be able to you know let everyone you know make sure we like come back down and you know really focus on the next one or say we have you know a bad session I'll be able to you know like G everybody up and and get everyone going again so I think I think yeah I think I'll be a good good asset to the team in that respect (laughs) hopefully.
1: And finally um, GB and I in a Curtis cup away from home it 's never easy to win away from home. You know how difficult a task can you 're trying to explain how difficult a task it'll be for for you to do the business over there
7: yeah i think it'll be, it'll, be t- you know, it'll be a tough match. The American team's very very strong, but you know G b and I are the holders they won it last time, and you know it doesn't really make much. Well, I suppose it does make them the favourites because they have the whole match. But you know, it's golf. Anything can happen on the day, and there's you know five sessions. So I think we're going to go out and just prepare as best as we can. We've got a really strong team ourselves, and I think we all get on really well together as a team. So that always helps. So I think um, I think we'll just we'll just go over there and do all the preparation that we can do, and just you know go out all guns blazing.
0: And that is it for episode forty-eight in this sort of sort of slightly abridged version that we do uh, in lo- remote locations. Uh, it's uh, if you're playing golf in the Interclub team uh, games at the minute. Good luck with that. And a special mention to Gordon Rourke who recently holed out for an ace on our glasses tricky par three second. That's a beast of a hole. I hit that hole. I I don't know
1: why. I think he hit a seven
0: yeah, probably. And some days it's a driver. I know. Uh, so well done, Gordon. And uh, we're not jealous of anything. And if you hear of anyone else bagging a hole in one or even shooting a really low score, uh, get in touch via our social media channels. You can go on there and uh, have a rattle at us. Have a rattle at anything you want at NI Golf Podcast. We're on Facebook as well. And we forgot to mention our we uh, one of our wee polls that we did recently the uh, the RNA. Have joined up with the US PGA and started their is it their worldwide investigation about ball distance? Did you see yes, this? They're
1: finally going to do something about it.
0: Yeah, so so they're, they're they're starting the review anyway. So they're going to look at how far the ball goes and what it is that's causing it, the impact it's having on golf and all this kind of stuff, and just distance in general. So our little Twitter, um, our little Twitter voting poll was: uh, Is it a the ball? Or B, the ball. Because <laughs> I think most people <laughs> are saying it's the ball. So I'm not sure why they need to launch a global worldwide investigation into it. But they you know, know
1: what the are then, USGA, the Love Committee, the Love of Consultation. Yes. Didn't,
0: wasn't it recently, didn't somebody, I mean, they're always doing them on the, you know, the likes of uh, Peter Finch, his Golf Channel and Crossfield and, you know, all those Rick Shields and all those guys. They're always doing these wee interesting videos and didn't they all do sort of persimmon woods That's right. recently where they took a persimmon one, put it up against the new yes. drivers. And if you, if you nut it out of the middle, there's not a huge difference in mm-hmm. the drivers. But if you, there was one of them did persimmon wood and the old well, the ball. And the difference with a persimmon wood and the old ball, yes, a persimmon and an old ball and a new driver and a new ball, the difference was like, you know, Hundreds of yards. It was. It was, it was a big. Difference. I can't. I can't but, actually you know, remember. Pretty much the conclusion. I can't remember is, hitting belada ball.
1: balls. Morris, can you remember hitting of balls?
0: Uh, do you know what? I I, I wouldn't. Well, I was a kid. I wouldn't have known what a ballada ball was. I, the the one I remember is a is a dollop sixty five yes. in its wee lovely little wrapper. That was like a Ferrero Rocher, only well, didn't have Ferrero Rocher there. So that's what I remember. The Lop 65.
1: The Bellatas were too expensive and too good for the likes of us to be hacking around with
0: absolutely here look we better go so uh, thank you to everyone for listening we'll be back again in a couple of weeks time and it's getting close to the uh, Dubai Duty Free Irish Open we're getting very excited we're going to be up there actually the whole week uh, we're doing various bits and pieces for various uh, publications and broadcasters and of course we'll be doing lots for the NI Golf Podcast as well so that's going to be exciting so Mr Kelly uh, we'll talk to you soon see you later thanks very much see ya alright don't touch
1: All right. me see yeah. me. <laughs> see shaking that ass shaking that ass shaking that ass Sea woo shaking that ass shaking that ass shaking that ass i see you baby shaking that ass shaking that ass Sea that ass shaking that
0: ass
7: all right don't, touch, wait me. Wait. don't touch me